What's up, guys? It's your girl, Jamee Jackson. Welcome back to the Blonde Misfit Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, hey, child, go on and get welcomed. Go on and greet your neighbor. Get your edge control out, maybe your wine. And if this is not your first time, you probably bought, brought a guest. Thank you so much for your due diligence. I am so happy. Um, regardless, if you're new or if you're old, if you in or you out, you part of the misfit family thank you so much for coming back uh we are just continuing to grow the podcast thank you all so much for those of you who've been sharing the podcast on social media tagging me showing love your girl just feels so overwhelmed in gratitude right about now and i have all of you all to thank if you have not done so already don't worry the collection plate is still getting passed along child go on and go on and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts at also follow us on social media we're at the blonde misfit on twitter and instagram the website is the and if you are just like girl i can't remember all that even though you said the same thing three times don't worry everything is down in the description box but today I am so so hyped because honestly when I first started this podcast guys I wanted to be able to bring my experience my expertise to the table but more importantly I wanted to show you guys some of the dope 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 creatives storytellers tastemakers and just movers and shakers of the culture who are doing just amazing things for black and brown people right about now and today's guest yes i said guest is no exception the blonde misfit podcast is dedicated to telling those stories of people who are doing amazing shit in our community and so of course i had to get a guest up on the podcast and so i'm not gonna get into all the bio and all that stuff you just gotta listen to the podcast episode where we talk about how brands influencers and everybody can just continue to stay marketable during this time so go on and get your notebooks out go on and get your pens your favorite writing pens whatever you need to do to take your notes because we are about to talk to a pr professional tequila white go on and listen to the episode hey girl hey i'm so excited i'm so excited too i and uh, like i have to go say, explain real quick for everybody who's listening that the reason why i'm so hyped that you're my first guest is because um you and i just have a nice beautiful little history yeah. you have you have done an amazing job at pitching clients over the years but you have also allowed me to share many of those clients also with the blonde misfit uh family and a lot of people don't think about it but especially when you're a journalist and you work at bigger companies uh Sometimes people don't want to see your projects because they think that they're not as as impactful or, you know, able to move the needle. And you never did that with me. You've always given me agency to also put that content out there. And so, like, you were all, always, like, top of mind for anything. And I just love you so oh, much. I love you. I'm just, like, so excited to see our journey where it was, like, your placement with my first, like, official official client yoga green book was my first placement and mm-hmm. i was so excited i was like oh my goodness she's gonna tell her story and you told her story so well she was so happy and now to see like how we both grown so far and to like be the first guest on your podcast it's like such a beautiful little circle 
It is. And in fact, that client actually put me onto yoga because I really, in my, in my naivete, never knew Black people did yoga. Because I mean, think about it. From media, you never see us yeah. represented. You don't see brown brown or Black people taking up space. You don't see plus-size people taking up space or um, differently bodied people. And so when I finished that interview, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I started doing research. And then I think about six months later, that's when I started my practice. And so everything always comes back full circle. And you have certainly poured into me with your clients um, just as much as I think I've been able to hopefully put your clients on to these bigger massive scales. But today is not about your clients, girl. Today is about... Today is about you and you here to help us. So tell our audience a little bit more about you, how you got your start in PR and sort of like what your day-to-day is like. Yes. So um, as Jimmy said, my name is Tequila and what I do is I work with brands to help them with their visibility. So being seen where they want to be seen. Um, I help them with thought leadership. So that could be anything from booking them to speak at a conference or to moderate a conference if they're on the talent side. Um, crisis communication. So there's a plethora of things that I've come in um, to help clients do outside of agency work. My friends and I have a group called the Creative Collective. And what we do is we host events monthly for our community, for creatives of color. And we have a marquee event called CultureCon. Happens every year in New York City in October. Super dope and amazing. So that takes up tons of time just working with the team. And I'm press lead for the Creative Collective. So any press that comes out um, around the conference and the work that we do throughout the year, I'm working to pitch that. Um, And then outside of that, I'm just, you know, trying to breathe and love my friends and family around me and give them time. And I love music. So concerts are like my thing that I do to kind of just release and refresh. And yeah, I'm excited to talk today about fashion and beauty because a lot of my work is in the social impact space. Um, So I enjoy when I get to hop out a little bit of my comfort zone and talk about fashion and beauty and fun stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you uh, to rewind back a little bit, you um, are talking about all the these different clients and the portfolio uh, of people that you work with. But have you always just sort of done your own thing? Did you start like in-house or how did you make that segment? Yeah. So basically I started consulting out of necessity, not necessarily a want to consult. Um, so I really have always been that kid that kind of had that mature mind and was always thinking 10 steps ahead and was like, okay, I want to go to a specialized high school. So I figured out I wanted to go to LaGuardia. So I started, you know, practicing and doing all of that. And then I had my audition. I got into LaGuardia and then I was like, okay, I want to study anthropology in school because I loved, um, you know, studying people's backgrounds and their cultures and how cultures that on the outside seem to be really different. When you examine them, they have tons of similarities. So I made that plan. Um, I went to Queens College here in the city of CUNY, wanted to stay close to home, started, you know, off as a cultural anthropology major, was really loving it until I realized I was going to either have to teach or be in the field actually conducting research wanted to do neither of those things. So I said, okay, how can I use my love for people, their background, their cultures, and my love for media and entertainment and all things, just dope black culture. Um, 
and combine all of those. So I took some electives in marketing, advertising, but PR was kind of where I found my fit because it was um, all about storytelling. It was all about putting the pieces together, being super organized, all the stuff that I naturally just loved. Um, So I started taking internships while I was in school. So I really had a plan. I was super strategic and I was like, okay, I know that when I'm coming out as a black woman in this industry, there's going to be tons of competition if they're looking for that diversity hire. So I have to really go above and beyond and really do my internships and go hard. So I did that. I had three, got my degree, uh, double major in cultural anthropology and media studies. I was ready to hit the ground running. And then I go to these interviews, girl, and they're like, um, well, you don't have enough experience to pass like entry level, but you have too much experience to be an intern. So we'll pay you pennies basically. And I was like, I know you lying. So okay, if it's about the experience, I'm going to go try to figure out how to do it on my own, get a little bit of experience. And then I'll circle back and be like, Hey, y'all, I worked on this account, that account, you know, this brand, that brand to show them, you know, I could do it. Well, girl, that never happens. Never came back to them. I just kept on going, kept on getting my own clients, kept on just taking classes when I can take them. Um, just learning from like some of the vets in the game and just it started taking off and the ball started rolling. And then, you know, I just really got busy. And then it came to the point where if I did go back to an agency, it would be at kind of a contract capacity, but I'm not opposed to doing it. I really see my angle, me being in-house communications, um, helping, you know, a large corporation work with their corporate social responsibility. So whether that's something like a Verizon foundation or girl, black girls who code, um, even like NAACP, I could see myself really helping to like kind of modernize the way that they look at um, social impact and philanthropy and helping our communities. So in short, um, I didn't necessarily want to be as stressed as I am in terms of running my own stuff, but <laughs> Um, I feel like it kind of just works for my personality. I'm a kind of, a, I'm definitely an independent minded person. Um, and I kind of like to call my own shots and, and do things a particular way. So I feel like, you know, it wouldn't really work out for me at an agency where things are more uniform, not to say that I don't have systems in place and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just how, how it all ended up happening. I just trusted the journey and, And when I was getting frustrated, I just always thought like, you know, there's a reason why this is not happening the way I want it to happen right now. Um, Yeah. Wow. I mean, you dropped so many gems and just, I think, moments. I feel like you dropped a lot of gems in what you were saying, because I know that a lot of people, first of all, feel that they hit this wall sometimes where one minute they feel like they're overqualified, then someone's telling them that they're, that they're not qualified enough. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of um, people of color and Black women who do work in these corporate settings were often told like, oh, you're great, but not great to get to this next step. And then you work and you work, and then you're realizing that there are other people who don't have as much experience as you, who don't have as much insight, and who are not innovative as innovative are getting promoted faster. And so what I think happens to a lot of us is we have to then sort of create our own table, which is like that whole, uh, if someone doesn't give you a seat at theirs, create your own. And that's exactly what you did. I also think that you brought up another point and, you know, maybe we can talk about this next, just about how 
entrepreneurship is so glamorized and it's like how do and it's like sometimes when you're trying to think about okay I want to be an entrepreneur but also I don't want to necessarily give up that that steady paycheck I don't want to give up the job security I don't want to give up all these things and there's like this big debate versus like entrepreneurship versus the corporate nine to five like so where do where do you that and like talk a little bit more I think about what entrepreneurship has taught you because it's not all glamorous it's not all it's literally not glamorous at all like there's no glamour I'm still waiting for the glamour to come where is it (laughs) there's no glamour involved I'm not having a good time I'm not having fun this is not enjoyable and I would prefer not to do it this way um however this is just the way that it has to get done if I want it done the way that I want it done So, um, I fall on the side of do what works for you and your household and your family and, um, don't worry so much about fitting in or I want my friends to feel like I I'm living this lifestyle or that lifestyle, Um, but at the same time, I say to those people who are like, oh, I could never, I don't know how you do it. If this pandemic hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us that there's no such thing as stability. So just because you have a nine to five, that has no bearing upon having a steady paycheck. Cause we all saw people with nine to fives now on on unemployment. So Mm -hmm. not necessarily about stability because no one is going to provide you stability, no outside entity is going to be able to do more for you than you can do for you. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you want to grow and make change within the corporate structure, we need that. Just because I'm not at an agency, I want to see Black women become VPs at actual agencies. Not ones that they started their own, but ones that have been here for 50 years and whose neat team picture is a sea of white. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to see them at the top being able to change those internship programs to get more applicants of color. I want to see them in those systems. So I'm not anti-corporate. I'm anti-being unhappy. So if Mm. you are trying, and that works for both sides. So if you're trying to show this flashy entrepreneur lifestyle, I'm a boss, um, be your own boss, rise and grind, and you want to do all of this on the gram, but you are struggling, you are broke, you have no savings, you can't retain clients, you don't know anything about business, you don't have systems in place, you need to get a job because you're not built for this and everyone's not and it's completely fine. And you can mm-hmm. get a job and thrive and grow there and maybe that structure will help you to be better at it is, be better at what it is that you want to do. But don't suffer and don't like try to fake the funk for other people because that's not gonna that's not gonna make you happy. That's not gonna do anything for you. Um mm-hmm. I think you have to do what works for your household, what works for you, what makes you happiest, what you can wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and be happy with, um, and stop living for other people. So I'm not necessarily one side or an other. I just want to demystify kind of that myth of nine to fives provide stability because they don't. Yeah. I think you dropped uh, an entire word just now because one thing that I think a lot of people think is that like, oh, let me just hop into entrepreneurship and I'll figure it out. Not understanding that 
there are so many things that you can get while you're in the office under the guidance and tutelage of somebody else on somebody else's dime that you can then bring back later on into your own business and venture. And a lot of people just want to just say that they work for themselves, not to not thinking, okay, do I even, like you say, have business acumen? Do I even know how to get and secure a client? Do I even know how to pitch? Do I even know how to handle the books? Like there are so many um, elements that people aren't even thinking about, but instead of thinking, okay, maybe being in-house or being corporate would actually be more beneficial. They just want to be part of the, oh, I did it on my own, but you broke. Right. So, <laughs> like, make it make like, sense. Like, it just it just doesn't make sense to, to, to really try to front. And it's like, honestly, I would go to an agency or um, work in-house at a company. They pay for trainings. They pay for you to go to conferences. They pay for you to um, take courses and do what you need to do. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to get all this free information. I'm going to get all these free trainings and certifications and I'm going to take all my knowledge and my connections and I'm going to go on my merrily way. Right. And then I'm going to go on later on and put, and then apply all the things that I just learned. And all the somebody things I have. Like, right. And then put it up into my own, into my own. Yeah. So I feel like I'm that's happy. the best way to do it. Yeah. I'm so happy you talk about that because I really am trying to sort of debunk the idea that entrepreneurship is just this beautiful, glam, perfect thing. Like, yes, on the one hand, you're so happy that you can say to a degree, I get to control the narrative. I get to control the output. But there's so many things that you don't anticipate because if you work at a major company, you got teams who do it. You got different segments of the org that handle all these different things. And when you're out on your own, you are out on your own. And so I'm happy even from a PR perspective, you were able to even just talk about like that, like, cause that's just so important. But speaking of brands and speaking of entrepreneurship, child right now, a lot of people are struggling. Yes. I mean, we have seen everything from the number of unemployment rate that's continuously going up, uh, more people filing for unemployment. We've even seen from a business side, retailers are just doing everything to try to either stay afloat or are just shuttering their doors. And I know a lot of people are just kind of stuck because you don't really know what to do in a moment like this. So can you talk to us a little bit about from the PR side, what you've seen um, in regards to how businesses and, and your even your clients perhaps have been um, impacted by COVID-19 and sort of where you think the industry is heading? I think that right now, while things are crazy, it's kind of good because everybody's on a level playing field. So the people with all the money and the people who are broke have the same opportunities right now. Like... That we all don't have anything, you know, that we can do right now, but be creative and be crafty. So that kind of gives us a leg up a little because we're able to really see who's creative, who's pushing boundaries, who's doing stuff that's different and new and, and worth being excited about. So that creates opportunity and I'm excited about that. 
um, you know, people having to pivot and be innovative. I think that always is a good thing. Um, however, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people not act from strategy. They're more so just reacting instead of being proactive. Um, mm. And I think that that is going to hurt us in the long run because eventually things are slowly going to start to ramp up um, again and we want to be prepared. So now is not the time to panic and to focus so heavily on the now, but more so figure out how we can grow from this, learn from this, um, whether that's something where we're now learning more about grants and we're more learning about um you know, figuring out how we're protected and how to protect if you have a team, your employees. So I feel like a lot of people are kind of just moving and growing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think now people need to really sit and say, okay, let me look at um, my books. Let me look at, you know, do I really need to have all these expenses? I think that now, um, Outside of just my industry and PR, I think as a business owner, this has really shook all industries. It hasn't just attacked one. Mm-hmm. So I think that this kind of puts people on on notice. Like, okay, okay, maybe I wasn't as strong as I thought. Or maybe I wasn't, um, you know, as prepared as I thought I should have been. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that now. And I'm seeing a lot of brands and a lot of, um, even talent kind of getting out of their their comfort zone and having to be more visible because there's really nothing else that we can do. So we're getting to see mm-hmm. a lot of things that we normally wouldn't be able to see or have the privilege to see. Um, like Babyface would never just hop up on Insta Live. Like that's never gonna like no. Like he would never do that. Um, but I just feel like people are now realizing that human connection is is really the key and it's really where um, where you make those loyal fans and you really are able to build that audience. Um, so I think that's super duper important right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even I had to just start doing like IG lives because I was like, there's, there needs to be a way to be able to connect with people. And it was so out of my comfort zone, but it worked out because people tune in and they're active and people come to expect those out of people. And so I really like what you said about having to sort of learn how to be more strategic And how sort of in a way, there's a lot of people who realize like, I really wasn't doing as much as I thought I was doing. Um, Do you personally feel that this has also sort of shifted the type of content that people want to see or what people are responding to? Um, Yes, I think that people are just craving um, connection. So any way that you can make them feel included, whether that's a poll, um, whether that's putting something in your caption, um, all that, all that good stuff, I think is going to be so important to make that feel of community. Um, Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of people are feeling alone. And when you're able to say, no, I'm here with you. Like I, I feel you, I hear you. Um, I think that that is key to kind of building that loyalty and making people feel like they know you if you're on like the talent side, but if you're on the brand side, community is paramount. You want to try to do anything you can to either donate a portion of proceeds, 
create a special product um, that all proceeds go to a particular organization that might be helping during the pandemic. Um, But it has to feel real. It has to feel authentic. It has to feel like it wasn't thrown together. Partnerships Mm -hmm. are going to be key right now. Um, You know, I really am loving what D-Nice is doing and coming out and saying, okay, I'm not just going to do it to do it. I'm going to do it with a strategy in mind. So that's when, you know, people like Michelle Obama is going to come in and say, okay, you have the audience, you have the eyeballs, let's connect and do something for the culture that's important. Voting, that's important. Um, partnering tonight, Femme It Forward, hopping on that that wave and saying, okay, we're going to not just throw something together, we're going to make it a theme. Um, so finding partners that either don't talk to the same audience you talk to, but you want to get to that audience or ones that you guys have mutual connection and it makes sense. Partnerships are going to be key because um, right now everything is moving so di- digitally, digitally that you want to um, capitalize as much as you can as grabbing that audience now so that when it, things go out back to being experiential and you're back to doing events again, you already now have a whole subset of audience that you grab just from having an IG Live, a Facebook Live, a, um, a webinar. You were able to get them kind of on your side or on your team, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what you said also about just how people are finding ways to touch. But one thing that's really important is like DJ D-Nice was a DJ before this. He's just using his his already given skill set to touch people in a new a new and innovative way. Michelle Obama was already doing, well, I mean, she, you know, she's Michelle Obama. Right, she so was she was doing just Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But like she's now pivoting. So I think also something that it should be said is like you don't have to come out of out of quarantine knowing how to do 80 million new no, things. Just do what like, you do well. Mm-hmm. Everybody and finding ways to trying to be a jack of all trades. And it's like the quality suffers. And when the quality suffers, you can't come back from that. Like there's yeah. really nothing you can do once something's out into the world and people receive it. If it's not up to quality, people are going to remember that. And no matter how much you fix it or get better or change it, people are going to remember, nah, I, I already signed, like I already wrote them off because they try to come out and do some stuff that was just not them. Like people know you, you've built a presence online, you've built your expertise, you've built your brand. So stick to that brand. Don't panic and start just doing things because you see other people doing them because that is not going to help your reputation. And that's not going to help when it comes to like integrity because integrity is what really shifts things and has people when it's down to you and the other person or you and the other brand, Mm -hmm. integrity is what's going to push you over to being like, I'm going to go with them. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I think, Oh yeah, girl. (laughs) (laughs) On this, it's the story. It's the world. Is, is doing things that I'm looking at them like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just like, you're like, hmm, that's interesting, right? And then I just keep on scrolling, but that interesting is not what you want. Like, if you're a brand, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, girl, you don't want that. Yeah, I mean, it's but you know, I also think that like to a degree though, it, I'm I'm not gonna say it's media's fault, but a lot of people have unfortunately sort of put that bug in people's ears that like right now you should be going on 
IG live every day and you need to post 15 Insta stories and you need to be posting every day. And this is what your captions should sound like. Like everyone has kind of turned even COVID into a very formulaic thing, but it's like, you can't create a, you can't, first of all, you can't create a formula considering day in and day out, everything is changing. But more importantly, like you're implementing a formula that may not work for you and your brand. And I know as someone who works in in PR and as someone who, you know, you are very much so involved in not just the reputation of your client, but the formation and the growth of your client, you know, how do you kind of, have you ever had to kind of put a a client in, 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 like in chat or kind of like, just be like, sis, like, is this, you know, is this really what you want to do? (laughs) Every day, every day a client comes to me with this idea that they think is the second coming of Beyonce. And I'm like, listen, that ain't it. Like I really drive with strategy. Like that is my personality. Like if strategic could be a personality trait, like that is me. I always like, okay, what are the pros and cons? Okay. Do we want to do this? If we do this, who are we going to lose? Who are we going to gain? Like everything comes from strategy for me. So when they come with their grand ideas and emotional, just grandstandings. I'm like, okay, I have a very long list of, okay, but did you think about this? Do you have a contingency plan in case this doesn't work? What happens if this and this and this? And at the end, it's still their idea, but it's a strategic choice for them. And it's built into what we're already doing. Um, I think that whenever you're bringing someone onto your team, whether that's a marketer, an advertiser, a lawyer, a graphic designer, whomever you are, giving the, the honor to um, hold your baby, which is your brand, um, you got to make sure that they're they're looking out for you and they have your best interest at heart and they're experts and they have receipts for what they've done. And you can call references and you can see their work um, because you want them to be able to keep you accountable and, and really say, okay, you know, this sounds like a great idea. This sounds like something that we can maybe try, but like, is it going to help the larger goal. And I feel like that goes back to just, you know, what we were talking about a little bit earlier around, you know, human connection and just being raw right now. I feel like that is really helping people right now. People who are just coming out authentically and not being polished and saying, you know, I learned a new skill. People are coming out and saying, listen, I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I want to leave my house. Like what, like, are you guys feeling what I'm feeling? That kind of ingenuity and that kind of connection um, is what's going to build loyalty past this and have people really, you know, go to bat and whatever they come out with post this, they're going to have that built-in network because they're going to remember that moment when that person broke down and was just raw and honest with them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's like, like you, like sort of as we've been talking about throughout the whole episode, just strategy is so important and thinking long-term. And I don't know about you, but I personally feel like a lot of people who work in the fashion and beauty space, especially when they're on the more like front facing side of it. So like your influencers, public speakers, bloggers, a lot of people are thinking short-term. They're thinking about short-term gains. They're looking at, okay, how do I build my following? How do I build all these one-off brand partnerships? And not a lot of people are thinking like legacy, and even in building right now with, with um, in the midst of a global pandemic, you have to think about, okay, how are these decisions that I'm making right now? How are they going to set me up for the next six months? 
year, five years. Next question actually goes back to sort of how you are working with your clients right now in the midst of all that is going on and how you are sort of helping them pivot and navigate. Because there are some people who listen to the podcast who have reached out and are interested in getting onto sort of the business side of the fashion and beauty space. So like people who work in PR, who are working in management, who work in um, even in accounting and billing. Can you talk a little bit more about like how you have been able to pick up the pieces with your client and how you have even had to shift your role as a publicist during this time? Yeah, I definitely have become a little bit of a jack of all trades, so to speak, publicist. So I'm doing a lot more digital content with them. I'm doing a lot more partnerships, sponsorships, um, things like that. So trying to get them to speak on conferences that have now become digital, virtual, um, having them do any interviews or appearances virtually. So making sure that they're set up with their Zoom calls or whatever platform that is used, um, helping them to, I have a client, um, Chantal. So Chantal, I'm working with, she's super dope. Um, and we are now trying to move her into being a little more front facing. And so we had these grand plans before this, this, you know, all went to shit and we were like, okay, you're out in LA now. I was like, okay, we're going to have you you know, work some red carpets and some premieres and we're going to have you go to these events and that's events. And that all just imploded. So mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, um, this brand is now doing a um, pajama party. Let's try to get you to host. Or this conference is now doing it digitally to try to get you on the panel. Um, or, okay, let's start an, a little interview series or let's do something where you can um, leverage the connections that you already have, but stand on your own too. Um, as on-air talent um, and producing and all that great stuff that she does. And then also looking at clients like a shares that I have um, where we're able to use them as financial experts to speak on how the economy is being impacted. So I'm just trying to help them to pivot. So I definitely had to hop in more um, on a full top-down business mode. And we're having more calls around how the entire business works as opposed to just my chunk. Um, it's a lot more conversations around like with my client Peyton Poor, and we're like, okay, we're going to do the house party pack and we're going to, um, you know, mail, mail kits to people's homes and set them up so that we can do a virtual class. So that will then in turn create press opportunities for us. So before this, we had conversations around hosting a class for a bunch of really black, uh, really dope black editors. We we're going to bring them into the class, have them do a private class together. Cause you guys basically all know each other. Um, mm-hmm. We thought that that would be cute, but now we're like, okay, we got to pivot. Now we got to figure out if we want to do this virtually. So um, I'm a lot more involved in my clients kind of day to day. We've been texting a lot more heavily, trying to, you know, as things update minute to minute, um, trying to figure out how, how to hop in on a conversation, if we can hop in on a conversation. Um, so I feel like I'm really growing, growing a lot close to my clients during this time because some of them have lost family members and I've had to kind of pick up slack on certain things. So it's been, you know, real interesting to see how bonds are created through trauma and tragedy um, and how we all are leaning up, leaning up on one another and all trying to just, you know, be there for one another right now. But I definitely had to play 
a larger role in my client's day-to-day business, um, you know, affairs and just know everything top to bottom that's going on. So if we do need to quickly make a statement or if media does contact us to speak on something, I am more in it. So I don't necessarily have to wait for them to give me a quote. I am so immersed in the client's day-to-day that I can basically speak on their behalf. So that's kind of been an adjustment in terms of um, just the uh, amount of communication that I'm, I'm giving clients because I try to set boundaries and, you know, let them know at certain hours I won't be available, but I've kind of just been available because you can't really do things traditionally right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I give them grace in terms of responding for things I need from them. They give me the same, just knowing that we're all just trying to, you know, figure it out right now, man. Yeah. I was going to say, we all just it's like blind leading the blind, but some of us can see just a little bit better. Okay, so I'm going to grab their hand and say, guide me, please, because it is pretty black <laughs> some days. <laughs> oh, man. But um, you you brought up so many good points, just even about the pivot and changing things up and trying to uh, meet people where they're at. But one thing that I want to, to also discuss um is for people out there who don't have representation. You know, a lot of people think um, about PR and they naturally think about like a high price tag or they think about like, am I, is my brand even ready for representation? And so there are probably a lot of entrepreneurs out there who don't have representation, are potentially not seeking it right now with everything going on and, and they're checking their pockets. But what what are some tips that you would give Um, whether you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, on how they can stay marketable during this time? Yeah, I think that there's so much opportunity right now to really um, stand out and to really be innovative and be different and make, make your mark right now. I think that you have to really be crafty and be creative and it's all going to depend upon your brand. If it's a personal brand um, and you are maybe trying to do more things in terms of honor talent or hosting, get in there, like really shoot your shot and, 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 and create your own platforms. I feel like a lot of people are waiting for brands to come to them or waiting for the right opportunity, but you kind of have to sit there and be like, okay, what, do I want? What would I, what would be the perfect scenario if a brand came to me? Let me create that now for myself that I own on my platform so that I can show proof of concept and say, okay, I've already created this. I've already amassed this audience. I've already, I already have the content here to show how it works. Um, and you can pitch yourself with it. I, I see a lot of people, you know, hosting, interviews on their platform. I think that's dope. Um, I see a lot of people um, coming up with innovative ways to kind of um, bring their, their, their followers onto their platform, whether hosting a karaoke or open mic or giving, you know, their audience an opportunity to connect with them in that way. I think that's dope. Um, I think now's the time, if you're an expert in something, now's your time to pop out and be like, okay, I'm going to talk to you guys about budgeting. I'm going to talk to you guys about credit, student loans, if you're in finance. Um, If you um, do anything around mental health, now is the perfect time. Um, Mental Health Awareness Month is May. Um, Talking around just how people are reacting to isolation, um, tools to get through that, whether this is a triggering time for you, talk about that. 
Um, if you're a nonprofit, that might help underserved com- communities right now. Now is your time to shine and say, hey, we have this organization that helps domestic violence um, survivors. Um, so talk about that. Try to hop into conversations that are relevant right now. Hop into those conversations, but make it make sense. Don't just say stuff to say stuff. Um, you know, be communicative with your audience on all your platforms. So whether that's your website, whether that's social, asking people a poll, how are you guys holding up? Um, constantly communicating with them. If you are a service-based business, um, maybe hopping on a platform that's not IG live, some place where you can track better and hosting maybe classes on how to, um, blend your, blend your edges or blend your lace wig or, Give yourself a manicure, or if you're a barber, how to line yourself up. Um, reaching out to companies like a Bevel and saying, okay, let's link up a Shea Moisture Men. Let's link up and do something for Father's Day. Like, Be creative, be crafty, hop in there. Don't wait for things to come to you. Um, read the room. So a lot of brands I'm seeing right now, they're saying things, big brands, they're saying things that are a little tone deaf, that don't really make sense right now. Um, I know a lot of people in advertising how to pull a lot of ads because it's insensitive to write about buying your mom a Benz for Mother's Day when it's like, I, my mom is on life support, or my mom's on a ventilator, or I can't even see my mom. So read the room. That's one of the things that's super duper important. Um, definitely being an expert, talking about um, stories around community, how you're helping others, a philanthropic aspect to your business would be great. Like I created um, a special product. If you're in beauty or fashion, this is great for you because a lot of people aren't um, really thinking top of line, like, oh, let me go out and get a new fit. But if you're like, okay, this t-shirt goes to support, um, you know, people on the front lines helping us um, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Or maybe if you are not in a place where you can do all the proceeds, maybe you can do a portion of the proceeds or if you're in beauty, maybe you can have a special line that maybe if you make something for body care, you can have a hand lotion that helps because they have to wash their hands a ton. Like be creative. Um, think through like, okay, what do I already do? What product do I have? What service do I have? And how can I flip that to hop into the new cycle of what's happening right now? Um, and then also talking about your journey. So talking about your experience as a business owner in these times, particularly if you're a business owner of color, hop into those conversations about the PPP and the loans and how you guys, um, weren't able to get them or how difficult because a lot of these huge major corporations that was, that was pressed that they gave their money back. Um, so they should have never had it in the first place, but hopping in, seeing it from the crisis communication side okay, if we got this money, people found out, how do we flip it to say, oh, you know, we didn't necessarily mean for this to happen. We're going to give it back and we're going to start a fund to support small businesses, whatever you got to do to flip it. Um, People are interested in hearing about the journey right now, particularly I'm seeing a lot of really major publications like the Washington Post, New York Times, writing stories around how business owners of colors have been pushed out um, and they're not receiving the aid that they need, or if they're receiving a loan, um, you know, it's difficult for them to pay that back because a lot of the businesses that we start, start from our own capital. We don't get loans. We don't get investment. We don't get that. So when it comes to government aid, um, and then when it comes to filing for certain things where it's not applicable to us. So that's a great story right there happening and telling, you know, some of the pain points you've experienced. So there's tons of opportunity, 
Um, it's just a matter of being strategic, hopping in and doing the work and being creative. A lot of people are sitting back and a lot of people aren't sitting back. So the people that aren't sitting back and who are really capitalizing, um, we're able to see their growth, whether that be a Tory Lanez quarantine, um, IG live, where we're now going to take that to another <laughs> platform and capitalize on that, whether it's like a D nice that I mentioned, um, whether it's like a Swiss with a versus, a Swiss and 10 with a versus. Um, do want to mention both D nice and Swiss Beats are from the Bronx, as I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we want to mention, you know, we are hustlers and we do find a way out of no way. Um, True. I, I lived in the Bronx for two, All right. for two and a half months, y'all. So I. <laughs> well, you yeah. one of us. We claim you. We claim uh, you. You know, I'm okay over here in Brooklyn, but I mean, um, we love we love everyone. We love we everyone, do. but we it's do. not a coincidence, you know, that they are both in the Bronx. It's not. Um, it's not. So, you know, just finding ways to pivot, finding ways to hop in, and like you said, do what you're already doing. You don't have to come out of this knowing how to do a bunch of other different things. Like I feel like the failure for me would be if I came out of here and I wasn't a better publicist. Like mm. then I would feel like okay, I fucked up because I took all this time. And I came out of here no better than I started. So that would be the failure for me because what I what I do well, I want to do better and I want to grow at and I want to pivot and I want to be creative and I want to challenge myself and my clients. But if I don't come out of here knowing how to crochet, that's okay. Like, it's okay. Like some days I don't feel like doing anything and I have to mm-hmm. give myself grace to say, all right, well, today I'm just going to take a day. Um mm-hmm. So I would say for those brands that are frustrated and they're like, I don't know how to hop in there. I don't have a publicist to do this for me. The opportunity is there. Um, You just have to find a way to make it make sense Um, and start small. Don't say like, I want to essence feature profile tomorrow. Start small and say, okay, I'm going to start with my local news. I'm going to start with a blog. I'm going to start with a feature on an IG platform. I'm going to start with a podcast. Like start small, just getting out there and, and and as long as you have one new person that has heard you or read your story, that's one more person than you had the day before. So don't get discouraged, um, you know, if you're not necessarily getting hits. Because as you know, you guys get so many pitches a day and you're already working on stories. So it's going to be hard to break through. Um, but there's opportunity there to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll add to that is that I think right now resilience is key. I mean, first of all, if you're not resilient or if you if you take every note personally, like being an entrepreneur might not be the thing for you. Oh yeah. You're going to get told no a lot, but even more so, you're going to get people who you know, it may not it, it's not always a no, but it's maybe not a right like right now and you're gonna have to learn how to like pivot but also that relentlessness so just follow up like if this is what you want and this is and you want that feature or you want to put you know get that editor your product or if you want to do this like by all means like you need to figure out how to figure it out like everything is figure outable everything is figure outable is the title of the episode period Period. It is. And I think a lot of people right now, like you said, like if you don't come out of this being a better publicist, being a better writer, being a better entrepreneur, being just a better, even just business person trying to figure out, okay, this is the level of, of, of requirement that is going to be needed out of me. Then it's like, what were you doing? Right. That's the thing. Like people are so worried about 
all these additional skill sets. And it's just like, just be you and be the best you you can be. Like, we already have a bunch of people who do all these other things, but we only have one. You are one of one. So, mm-hmm. like, refine yourself and, like, figure out what is the best version of yourself and work to reach that every day. I feel like that is what we should be doing outside of just the pandemic, just day to day, just trying to be better versions of ourselves. Um, but I do understand on the other side of that coin, we are inundated with images every day, all day of people doing things that we feel like we should try probably be doing too. So I understand like the pressure to want to join the wave and want to, you know, um, be productive, but I feel like you only see what people let you see. So of course they're going to show you, you know, them working out in the morning, but they don't show you them on the couch eating the Oreos. So don't, you know, put yourself in this box. Well, they're doing this. So maybe I should be doing this too. It's like, listen, do you do what works for you? Do what makes you happy? Um, and I feel like we will all be a lot healthier and better off if we all just started living for us instead of living for everyone else. Period. I love it. Oh, goodness. This has been such a good conversation. But I have to always end it off because I want to know and please share with our audience where they can find you. Yeah. Say if you had any projects coming up, a child, we stuck inside. But you might still have some. Might still have some digital projects. Anything? Shameless plug. Okay, so shameless plug. Tequila White PR on Instagram, tequila.white on Instagram is my personal page. That's tequila with two L's, T-E-Q-U-I-L-L-A. Um, Twitter is where I really cut up. So that's, that's <laughs> a fun time. So follow me over there. Um, everything's under my name. If you feel like you need assistance, a consultation, guidance, all that, DM me, email me. Um that person that's like, okay, what do you need? I want to help everyone. Um, yeah. And just like keep being dope and amazing and listening to anything that she puts out or anything that she writes because she's dope. Oh my goodness. So sweet. Uh, thank you, girl. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm so happy. I know we had a couple of random. Uh, the devil trod us. Child, the devil is busy. And during this quarantine, I'd just be like, bruh, you really, really, for real? For anyone out there who is listening, please, like, obviously take the time out for some from for some mental health, some self-care. Yeah. Just love up on your loved ones, however you can. Um, and, and as we both said, just make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're pouring into yourself during this time. But awesome friend. Thank you so much for joining us. And you guys, obviously, you already know we're at the Blonde Misfit on Instagram, Twitter. We are obviously on www.blondemisfit.com. Make sure you are rating and subscribe and leave us that five-star rating in the Apple podcast. But this is all for now, and we will see you all next week.